Welcome to Saka. Erupting blunt launcher. Joy Then you've got like African American Peter Parker in space, and you've got like. <laughs> There's a battle happening between the Rebel Alliance and the Empire, and then you see Jar Jar run by and get shot in the back. And that's it! <laughs> sack up, sack up, sack up! I am Steve, and with me here today... Addison Waldo! Kenneth Snack up, nerds. Welcome to Snack Up. This is Steve. Or Sack Lunch. This is Addison. Either one, whichever we, yeah, we'll, whichever we'll we settle choose. On it, but it's the dinner cast, man. We're at Thai Spices. Also a bit of a catch-up cast. Picking up some things that we didn't get a chance to talk about last time. Exactly. Fill out some interesting things on the docket, etc. Yep. The uh, Thai Spicy Podcast. <laughs> We're at Thai Spices in, uh, in Mesa, Tempe. We're in Mesa, I think. Yeah. It was a really good place. Where did you find this place? Uh, with Claire. Just like, I guess, and I actually just learned the story the other day. Apparently, because, you know, Claire used to take the bus all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, her and Ben would have to take the bus. But she's terrible with directions, so she would take the bus to the wrong places. And get lost all the time? Yeah, and this is one of the places that they came to. What? And then we were looking for... A place to go get some food, and I, you know, I love Thai basil, but it's a fucking nightmare to actually get into the Thai basil parking lot mm-hmm. because it's a left turn on like the busiest street in Tempe, so it's just generally not advisable. So we came here, and I don't know. Ever since, it's been my Thai place of choice. So yeah, you're very, you're very. Um adamant about avoiding left turns and stuff like that. It's the most dangerous turn you can make. You've always been that way. Like, you don't like making left turns, especially on median left turns, but left turns in general, you hate doing it. There was a time where you refused. You would rather make, like, three rights than a single left. <laughs> I just don't want to die before my turn. Yeah. And a quick way to do that is an unassisted left where the person oncoming isn't paying attention or you misjudged. No chances. Yeah. Well, cars are fucking dangerous, as we well established. Yeah, we're doing great. Thank, Thank you. <sighs> okay. So, anything interesting happened in the one day since we said? <laughs> yeah. So I'm when the when the viewers actually hear this, I will be in Colorado. Yeah. I'll be in um, um, Salida, which is a tiny little town that you'll never say that find. again. Sorry, Salida. Salida. A-S-A-L-I-D-A? Yeah. Okay. It's a small little town up in the mountains that, like, is, like, off the map, hard to find. Although they have a Walmart, because there's Walmarts everywhere. But it's probably got, like, a population of a couple hundred people. And, um... So, it's Walmart is the regional Walmart, most likely. (laughs) It's, uh... It's a really nice place. We have a... Well, maybe it's, like, closer to a thousand to two thousand, I guess. 
I'm bad well, at estimating population numbers. Yeah, you'd be surprised because, like, my grandparents live in a pretty small town, but then whenever I drive into their town, it's like, population, 35,000 people. I'm like, I don't even know that there were. Was everyone here counted thrice? Like, Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like this is possible. Are you counting dogs and cats? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I will be on vacation in Colorado finally, which will be awesome, although I'll still be studying, studying discrete math while I'm there, so it'll be half a vacation. But I will not be here to record, so when this goes up, that's where I'll be. So let's have a chat about discrete math really quick, because I don't really know. I've looked at your syllabus and then promptly forgot it because of the horrors of my own tenure going into that class. Yes. What are you learning, and uh, how would you rate it so far? Um, well, right now I'm we're working on mathematical induction. So we actually started proofs and proving things. Which is weird because I watched a MIT class um, that's like the MIT course on discrete mathematics and uh, I was able to have it on YouTube and they start with proofs. Like they don't really talk about logic at all or any of the stuff leading up to it. They just start with proofs. Well, maybe it's because MIT is so much more advanced. I kind of doubt that, but I think it's, I mean, the course for uh, discrete math might have, at MIT, MIT might one of the predicates might be a logic fundamentals class, whereas at ASU, like, technically anyone could take it, which I assume would be true at MIT as well, but you are not necessarily, like, a computer science major going into it. Yeah. Where you wouldn't have had an introduction to predicate logic and this, the symbols and everything that you need to know to have success in that class, so... But... Yeah, so, so far, it's really hard. Like, it's... It's, ex- it's extremely complex, and it's made more so by the fact that I am... Uh, it's been so long since I've taken math. Like, I just did calc, and I struggled really hard in calculus. Because the last time I took math, I was a junior in high school. Which was... Which was eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Which, I mean, time fucking flies, but, like, I literally... I took math analysis, which was actually a bullshit class that had no point. You know, it, did, it was nothing. And, I mean, my teacher was nice. Cool guy, Mr. Trujan. He was a nice guy. But, like, the, the class itself was just, like, you know. And, and the class was pointless, but math in high school is poor. Like, our educational, our math educational system in America is very bad, particularly in Arizona, where we're ranked, like, dead last in education below Alabama. Well, I wouldn't, well, I mean, let me stop you there. It's, the, the, the problem that comes with education in America is not one of, like, that they're not teaching enough or good enough it's that the things that they have to teach for are not a good measure right like you get taught facts to memorize to take a standardized test with yeah and unfortunately some people don't really do well with rote memory bullshit or and it's not a good way to inculcate critical thinking right if all you're doing is just like you know the answer for this is B Instead of why is it B? Like, can you get from point A to point B, as it were, mm-hmm. and induce <laughs> your way? Yeah, but, like, are you able to actually argue your way from point A to point B, which is really important for me. Like, well, it's important for everyone to know that, but it's important for people like you and me that that to have that tool. Right? Yeah. That's how you. It's a, the easiest way to navigate through life is making good decisions. Surprisingly, yes. so, yeah, that's, that's shocking. That and that's critical true. thinking is a good way of doing that. So. Yeah. Um, so, my math is, like, really poor, 
and I like try really hard. We'll say rusty. Yeah, from, it's very rusty. It's poor due to time. So right now with in, with induction, I understand like in, the idea of induction. So with induction, you're trying to prove that something is true for all positive integers. A general proof. Yeah, it's not necessarily all positive integers. It's within a, a set of my choosing. Can I prove that this holds true for every element in that set by inducting from a from a base case, a predicate case, yes, up and up to a case n, arbitrarily exactly. defined as some endpoint number in that set? Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, I under, I understand that it's like you start with the most the, the you start with the smallest case that doesn't violate your your original claim. So if you're trying to prove that, um, if you're trying to prove that like one squared is equal to n times n plus one divided by three for all n greater than one, you start at... You mean n squared equals the... Yeah. The sum of or whatever. Yeah. So you, you, uh, if you're trying to prove something like that in general, you start with, with one. And because well, that's the smallest with, possible number. Well, but that's like the base case for the natural numbers. Yes. You could do be doing all non-zero integers, which is the same thing, or just integers, or only negative. But as an example case, yeah, the sum from one to n, you know, prove that the sum from one to n is n times n plus one over two, like you were saying. That usually gets confined to natural numbers because you don't need to know the sum of zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But for a lot of them, you start at zero, where like... Yeah, just for positive integers, air quotes. So that's your base case, and then you do your inductive step, which is essentially you reason that um, you assume P of K, where K is some abstract number. You assume that to be true. And then you attempt to show that um, P of K plus 1 is also true if P of K is true. And that's where I get a little bit fuzzy, because that's where it starts to get complex, where you're abstracting out the variable and adding k plus one in it's called a recurrence relation yeah it's just meant to say like if you have p of k and you get output n when you get p of k plus one does your output become n sub k plus one or whatever like does it measurably correlate to the same transformation from the function for each input Mm -hmm. right so then you, um, you know, once you can prove that, then you can prove that the original statement is true. Because if, if P of K is true and P of K plus 1 is true, then for all numbers within the set, uh, the, the statement is true. So, Which is, by the way, literally the hardest section of discrete that I took individually or that I think that most people will end up taking solely because... You do, you never have to deal with anything like that before you get in. Like, yeah. Predicate logic, Boolean logic stuff, like, you sort of intuit that because it's stuff you can use all the time, but you never have to, like, do a proof, really, aside yeah. from, like, some This is the first time I've geometry. ever done a proof, ever. Yeah. And, I mean, again, it goes back to that idea, like, Thank you. somewhat with the, I feel like, the, the, the American educational system. I never did a proof. I never did one in high school. I never had to. Yeah, but didn't for, even do any in college. Any, yeah, this like, is the first one in college I've ever had to do. The, the thing is, high school is also set up to be what is the minimum set of like academic skills that someone needs to have slash know in order to like reasonably survive 
and that's all that high school is supposed to be. That's like basic training. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's basic training for life, and then you have the option to graduate and go to a matriculate to a university as a if you want to do advanced training, right? Yeah. AIT, advanced infantry training. <laughs> yeah. Or become a SEAL and get a PhD. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I mean, overall. Yeah, you don't need a proof to do your taxes or anything. You just need to be able to work with numbers in a rudimentary level. Yeah. So overall, it's incredibly challenging. Um, and unfortunately, not challenging in a good way, I feel like. And maybe it's because of the, just the material. Like, it doesn't light my fire. Like, the hardest class I've ever taken was, and I've told you guys this before, prepositional logic, intro to prepositional logic. And it was, I had a really great teacher, and he comes in on the first day, and he says, this is the hardest class that any of you will ever have ever taken, and may, it may be the hardest class you'll ever take. By the, by the middle of the semester, half of you will drop, and by the end of the semester, there will only be a quarter of you left. <laughs> and that was, like, awesome. Like, that was an awesome challenge to have a professor come in and be like, this is hard. I know it's hard. Like, I challenge you to make it, essentially, and most of you won't, and I know that you but if you are willing to try, I'm here to teach you. And maybe it's because it was so applicable in everyday life. Like the, the things you learn in, in um, prepositional logic can be applied to everyday language. Like, because it's all arguments. It's arguments and reasoning in, in language. So I can like talk to someone and listen to what they're saying and then realize that it's an argument. Or you can read something that like a politician says, like a transcript and be able to convert it into, like, logical symbols and then determine whether or not they're bullshitting you. Well, and that's one thing I've, I've noticed from you a lot, actually, lately, is you're very quick and capable at pointing out a logical fallacy. Yeah. Like, you know all those structures very well, and you can see them when they're presented to you, right? So, it's a cool skill. It's a great, it's a great class. I, I recommend everybody take it because it will change your outlook on discourse and life in general when you realize like what you walk around saying and how much of what we say is like like when I argue with Kimmy and she hates this I know but like <laughs> when you argue with your spouse I guarantee you one of you is committing a fallacy of some kind well, and Kimmy, it's an emotional thing yeah completely and Kimmy always commits the fallacy of false equivocation she always will just be like, we'll be arguing, and she'll be like, it, it's like that one time that you did that one thing, and it's like, well, no, it's not the same at all. Like, yeah, that's P, false equivocation. P is not Q. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're trying to tell me that, you know, these two things are the same, and they're not, and that's a very common one. Um, so, I don't know. Some, some the really. Thing, the thing I'll say, though, is discrete is the same way in terms of that challenge is presented to you. It's just someone's not saying it to you. Yeah. Like, that is literally, in my discrete class that I took, we had ten people drop, like, the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it just slowly dwindled from there to we had, like, about 30% of the class left for the final, and only a few of those people made it through. Myself, I made it through, thankfully, but, like... <laughs> they just don't do you do the honor of saying, by the way, this is going to be hard. They're just like, you're either going to get this or you're going to fucking fail. And if you're serious about getting in this major, then you're going to try again and you're going to do better the next time. But Yeah, exactly. 
Um, I was listening to that podcast that Barack Obama was on when he dropped the N-word. Oh, the Mark um, Boyson one or Yeah, whatever. the Mark, Mark Marone one. Mark Marone. WTF with Mark Marone, I definitely recommend it. It's very good. Um, there's this moment where he's talking about climate change because he was talking about the difficulties, difficulties that he's had as president um, coming up against roadblocks and things like that. And he was talking about how particularly frustrating um, climate change is because he's like, when I, when I talk to somebody about climate change and they tell me that, uh, that such and such thing happened and climate changes, and so climate change is not real. When I then present to them a whole host of facts that say that climate change is real, They're very real. They don't listen, you know. Therefore, their their assumption that all these things are causes for climate change not to be real is false. They don't listen to me. And I was like, Barack Obama just used modus tollens, which is like, which is where basically if someone gives you an, a condition, a conditional statement, if P then Q, you deny Q, and therefore P is false. And I was like, Barack Obama just like rocked, like I was, I listened to it and heard it and I was like, he just used modus tollens by basically saying that like, you know, like basically someone says, you know, the, the sea levels have not changed, therefore climate change is not you, happening. You deny them their predicate, right? <laughs> you deny them their antecedent. Because denying the predicate is actually a logical fallacy because of the way the conditionals work. So if I, so. Well, uh, you're saying if P then Q. Not Q, therefore not P. Therefore not P, yes. So you do deny them the predicate, but you deny it by denying their con- the consequence. Okay. Yeah, just the words for what P and yeah. Q are, I don't always remember. But So so he, like, I heard him use Noah's Tolens, and I was like, that I was like that was most Tolens for you. Yeah, and it's cool rhetoric. to be able to hear. Yeah, there it's like go. good to hear, you know? So, I don't know, all that, that stuff is great. The discrete math is, it's challenging. I'm looking forward to data structures and algorithms. Because it will be... It will be directly applicable to what I'm going to be studying. I almost feel like that should be the class you take, and you shouldn't take discrete as a CS major, because you take discrete and you learn all this shit, like pigeonhole principle and Chinese remainder theorem and all this stuff, yeah. and none of it matters except for like big O notation stuff and anything that will help you like analyze algorithmic complexity. None of it. The only thing you'll use... It's big O stuff at the beginning of data structures and algorithms. And then some of the terminology carries over, like set terminology, union, intersection, that kind of stuff. But beyond that, it doesn't matter. Like, you no, you use nothing. The only other thing I used aside from big O was uh, Chinese remainder theorem once in my algorithms class when we were redoing modulo modular arithmetic because people forgot about it because it was like two year difference of, yeah. between when you took discrete and took crypto so I don't know it just but it sounds to me that you have to take discrete because it only really builds into one major class and only in a small way but I, I you know if there's some like engineering accreditation requirement that says you have to take it so yeah I mean that's the thing is that we covered big O notation in um, in CSE 240 when we did advanced Java because you have to understand big O notation to know about algorithms. You have to understand the idea that like, okay, the best case scenario for a function is n, like however it's linear many, time. Yeah, yeah. is just perfectly linear time. The more the more inputs you have, 
it scales, scales perfectly one to one but most of them the best case scenario is like n log n and all you have to know is that n log n is the upper bound where no matter how many inputs you put in there will never be more than n log n the time will never grow larger than n log n you have a limit to the amount of time to how quickly this thing can this algorithm can do things and so like I understand, st we study that in 240. Why do I have to go take a whole class in 243? Of which there's like two chapters I really need. Like my teacher even said today, like big on, he's like the 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 um, engineering teachers want you to know discrete math. They or they want you to know big O notation, and they want you to know mathematical induction. He's like these two things are very important. But you don't even use induction ever. But it's, yeah, but it's what he claims. <laughs> but everything else is just kind of like filler. And it's like why should I waste a semester? Doing I mean, that there's stuff. a lot of people who, there is some some of that stuff that matters if, when you get into very particular disciplines of computer science. But when the degree that you're getting is at best software engineer, yeah, like that is a concentration you can take, and that's how specific it gets. It's pointless unless yeah. you're like, hmm, I'm also going to do my PhD in pure math. Glad I learned all this extra shit that someone will need at some point in the future. Well, that's the thing is I think that they treat the bachelor's program as though you are um, as though you are preparing to get your PhD because like a lot of well, stuff they, that they you do. learn, a lot of stuff that you learn in your bachelor's program in computer science, you'll never use again. But if you were to go into your PhD, all of that math becomes super important because then you're not just you're not programming you're studying how to develop new languages and faster ways of computing and you need the math for that yep. but i don't want to get a phd like there should be a phd course and a non-phd course or a phd track and a non-phd track where like if all i want to learn is programming give me some super basic math if you really f feel like that's important but put me in a really complex programming classes like start just give me programming have me learn every single language and then have my upper division to like 300 level classes just be super hard difficult programming yeah it's a recording oh. <laughs> it's okay though um, yeah just have like I would rather instead of all the time that I'm spending right now studying math and stuff like that I'd rather be programming Teach me to write an entire well, OS. In other words, you'd rather be doing what you're getting your fucking degree yeah. to do. It's, like, it's, it's as if you give someone a degree and like, man, you love to play the piano, but all you get to do for four years is read music. Yeah. You don't get to play. No yeah, one. You just look at the music. You can't play but it. You get to play like one class for a little bit every semester. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you're after 240 and 310, you're not programming again. But how am I supposed to be good at programming when I get out of school? Like, how am I going to get an internship? You will program, like, like I think you'll program a bunch in 3.40, but it will not be fun. Because it's just like, make a recursive descent parser for your own language and see. And it's, <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't even finish it. That was, But, like, your software engineering class you don't program. The only programming assignment I got in my actual software engineering class was a already made program with comments of put this line here. I was like, you are fucking insulting me. Why yeah. wouldn't you have me build a project and then review it? Did I get my structures correct? Did I make good decisions in the development model and like how the POJOs got set up and everything? Like, yeah. But you don't get that. 
you yeah. just it's and you won't get it for a long ass time. So yeah, exactly, and that's that's why it's I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with it, and I like the program overall. Like it's incredibly challenging, more challenging than anything I've ever studied in my life as as a as a whole. Every class is hard and takes a lot of effort, and I like that. And I know that you know. I hope that there's a good job on it on waiting for me on the other side. So, we'll have to see. Which, honestly, your job, your job search has scared me a little bit because apparently the jobs aren't quite there as much as we thought they were. No, they're there. I just don't. I think the fact that I like, I don't know how to really explain it. Like, I have a lot of skill, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of experience. But I don't know that I communicate that very well. And I don't know that the skill and experience I have is particularly useful to a job outside of working on projects for the military, right? Because the atmosphere between working on a project for the Army or for the Navy is way different than just working on something for an internal business customer. Like, Yeah. There are some aspects of it that are the same, but in terms of, like how strict your deadlines are, how strict your budgets are and stuff, you it doesn't get tighter than the fucking Navy dude. <laughs> yeah. So. You'll find something. Hope so. Just gotta stick with it. I'd like to get an internship next summer so I don't have to work some shit job. Well, look at Intel. I mean, when you start looking, let me know. I can have my dad talk to some people. Okay, good. That'll give me three lines into Intel then. Because <laughs> your dad, Sharon, and... Um, I, kind of, I assume my dad might be a little more apt for that. But. Probably. Is he an actual in- software engineer at Intel? He used to do programming. He's management now. Mm-hmm. On to that management track. That's where I want to go. Fuck. But then you don't get to program anymore. I'm okay with that. Yeah? But then you, all you're doing is dealing with soft, like, like office politics, bureaucracy. Sounds like a dream. They'll just play the game. I like get the Game office. of Thrones. Yeah. The game of cubes. Cubicles. Yeah. All right. So I'm like almost done with Daredevil. Really? Yeah, I have half of the last episode left and everything is getting super intense and I was going to finish it at work, but then I had to open a whole bunch of mail and ran out of time. So the freaking scenes where Kingpin makes breakfast, that episode, where he makes breakfast like three times throughout the episode. Yeah. Adding milk to eggs, never would have thought, but it's so fucking good. Really? Yeah. It makes the egg that you get at the end a lot fluffier and creamier. Mm. It's way better than I just thought he just did butter. Eggs. Does he add eggs? He adds milk as well? I thought it was milk. Maybe he does butter. add it when he's scrambling it. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, he's quite the quite the chef. Well, he just makes an egg and sprinkles some spring onion on it. So. Yeah, which he has perfectly cut up and keeps to the side just to be sprinkled. Except for when his woman... Did you notice that? That she was there and he didn't well, sprinkle the, the onion? No, there's... The first two times it does that scene, he's very solitude. Like solitary, he's yeah. Solitary, He's sitting there, he's making himself... He's sprinkling the onions on, it's all very formulaic and rigid. When the chick shows up... He's making it, and it does all the scenes where, like, his whole morning routine is just being interrupted by her doing shit. Yeah. And then the last part of it, as he's sitting down, he's got the eggs there, and she picks up the onions and sprinkles it on for him. Oh, yeah. 
I was just like, how does he feel about this? He's like, changing his life. And he is he okay with that? I mean, yeah. You know? The kingpin, that the way that he's presented in in this version of Daredevil, is almost like you kind of can't decide if he's an actual like bad person or just a a reasonable person who doesn't know a good way to solve the problem. Well, he's almost he's also almost like autistic, almost the way that he acts, like very socially awkward. Well, very socially regimented. Awkward I would say that he is. No, do you remember that when he was first talking with that chick? And he was like, oh my god, I'm so freaked out. When he first asked her out. I feel like But that then was... once he sat her down, he was like, look how rich I am. Well, it's so, like, I mean, I don't know that there's a person alive who doesn't have their heart flutter a bit when they're trying to ask out a, a woman that they don't think is in their league, right? Yeah, that's true. But, like... I don't know. He just seems to me that he's definitely a very regimented, very rigid yeah. person. Like, he wants things done his way. Yeah. And if you don't do them his way, he will kill you. Yeah, well, he kind of is prone to, like, almost childish outbursts. No, where no, he's, like, killing somebody. He's like, you hurt her, man! Like, oh, he, like, he's holds also out, super you know? fucking strong. Yeah, he's, apparently. <laughs> he's oddly strong. I mean, I guess he's, he's all muscle, the way that he's built. He's huge. That's the interesting thing. I was reading the Wikipedia, and apparently... He can man-fight fucking Captain America to a standstill. Yeah. He's just super strong, even though he just looks like a, a monster. A huge guy. Yeah, just a massive guy. dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I'm at the end of that, and, you know, people die. The one thing... People, man... It's, it's, people get fucked in It's like show. a very gritty crime, like crime drama, like a cop drama almost, where, like... Like that's like the best way to describe it. Like, you know how people always said the Dark Knight is like uh, is like a detective movie where the detective wears a costume. This is almost like that, but less a detective movie, more a, a really super gritty crime drama, like extended crime drama, like um, like Seven or something like that, where you have like all of these intricate like things are happening like between all these people, and then. You know, people just get, like, off in the craziest way. And, like, people who you don't expect to die, die. Like, there's one part where I was watching, and I was expecting Daredevil to show. I'm like, and, like they're not going to kill this guy. There's no way. I'm expecting it, Daredevil. Uh, reporter Man? Yeah. So, I was about to say the same so, thing. So, like, you, and spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but, like, you see this moment where, like, like there's this moment where you're just like, holy shit, like, he's going to get killed. And you, like, this guy seems pretty reasonably central to the story. Yeah, I don't, you know, think, I don't yeah, think he's going to die. Yeah, he should have plot armor. Like, there's no way they're, they're like like Daredevil is gonna show up at the last minute, and then that doesn't happen. And you're like, whoa. There's a lot of got a good moments in the show. But the, the problem is, everyone has to do that now thanks to Game of Thrones. Like yeah. that is the expectation is that no one's safe. No one gets plot armor, except for like the mainest of main characters, right? Yeah. Well, I know what the way that they're doing the show now. Apparently, with Game of, for Game of Thrones, um, there is a it's it, you know not any, the people who had plot armor before apparently don't have it now. I don't know who who has died, but it's different different from who is in the show. Yeah, I've watched the show ever. So. Yeah, I do. But no, 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 no! Oh, we're back, <laughs> and it's so much quieter. It's so weird how that happened. It's, it's almost as if, as if we finished dinner right as people were coming in and sitting next to us, and decided that we didn't want their fat person conversation. On our podcast. Yeah, so exactly. And uh, off we went. Sat at a light for about 20 minutes, it felt like. 
This fucking fire truck went by. Yeah. All those cars were jammed up into the intersection to, to like, they all, they, it's like they were all tailgating each Everyone other. Everyone go right. And then yeah. it was like, ah, they just all jammed over to the side. So, um, yes, yeah, so we're back. We're back in the, uh, the cave, the man cave. Well, kind of, we're in the living room. With the dog. But close enough. We're at the home, we're at home base. I'm sure there's going to be toys squeaking in the background, but fuck it, we've had noise in the background of this episode. It doesn't matter. Uh. Chaos cast. <laughs> So, and here's Penny, and she's going to try and eat everything on the table. Um, All right, so this week in I Can't Believe This Is a Fucking Job. I'm being good. Yeah, just, um, it was spiking at, it was still at 100% volume, so that's fine. We'll just, we can uh, cut this part out. Yeah. Yeah, so this week in I Can't Believe This Is a Fucking Job, there's a man on YouTube whose name is King Ass Ripper. And his whole thing, his whole thing, all his videos that he makes, will, of which get hundreds of thousands of hits, is him farting. His job is to fart. That is what he does. And he literally, and he has like the, the loudest, longest, brownest farts you have ever heard. <laughs> this is real. This is a real thing. Why? What? How did you even stumble upon this? I was uh, listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he had Tom Segura and Christina uh, Stravalopolinski or something. Some Greek Polish Polish. Woman? Yeah. What's her last name? It was Tom Segura and um, Christina Pazitsky. P a z s Pazitsky. Pazitsky. Whatever. So. They're like married and they have their own podcast and they were on his podcast and they were talking about this guy and how they had found his videos. Cause like there's a whole, there's a whole thing there because they were talking about fetishes and apparently there's a fetish where guys like to have their head saran wrapped to a woman's butt and just have and her fart, fart in their face over and over again. <laughs> and they'll just like follow around. She'll be like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, God, people. But, <laughs> but uh, they're t- like, there's a whole thing of like people that of like, much like there are people who like to watch people play video games on Twitch, there's a subsection of people in the world there's like, who I love farts on YouTube. They love farts and they like gluttony. There's like a whole thing where like people will oh, the set fat, up a- the fat Asian guy who just like gets the bullet robin and is like, <gasps> he's like super excited. <laughs> yeah, like those there's like before. a whole group like groups of people who just like who watch people binge eat and get fat. And so this dude, his name is uh, is is Big Harry Slob, I think is well, his name is King Astro. Well, yeah, King Astro is his official is his, his title, but but his YouTube title is Big Harry Slob. And he literally is just like, he'll eat an entire jar of mayonnaise on video and then just fart super loud. And that's his videos. And he's always just like, no one can outfart me. <laughs> I feel like I could give I'm him a Kate reverse. Ripper. Like, no, dude, you think you can? But they are some, they are some legendary farts. Like, next level. <laughs> I'm so hungry, I could eat a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> Ravage. Oh, my God. It is... Like brown spots appear on his underwear, oh like when he's Christ, doing this shit. It is so out of control. Gross. So that's a job. That's a real job. There's a dude whose job it is to fart. That he may, farts that on puts YouTube my videos. Entire life in perspective. It like, makes a lot of money doing it if he's getting I, hundreds of thousands of hits. Well, it depends on if there's people who are like sponsoring him to do this. That's true. Because you don't actually get that much money on YouTube from just having people like view your videos. It's through the ads that you have on your videos. So Hormel is there chili. like a yeah, Hormel Chili ad or, or uh, Hunt's Baked Beans yeah. or whatever it is. Bush, Bush Baked Beans. 
We we proudly sponsor King Ass Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> Fire beans. He like he's like Hunts beans. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Oh, man, that's unfortunate. So. People will pay anything to get that PR. Yep. So that's a job or that that's a job that someone has in the world and that's your that's the not that this is a weekly segment, but this is the that was one of those stories that I heard about today, and I could not believe that that is a real thing that someone does. Um, just trudging along, kind of randomly, uh, there is I, I read a story today on Daily Mail about this guy called the Watcher, who's not a superhero; That's he's a, a stalker. <laughs> and apparently, there's a couple in New Jersey who just bought a 1.3 million dollar quote unquote dream home. It's like a six bedroom home in New Jersey. And uh, they didn't even move into it, and they started getting threatening letters from a dude whose name whose name is like the Watcher. And he leaves like these creepy letters, like he sends in these creepy letters, like "When will you bring me the new blood? I am the Watcher. I can't wait to learn the That's names the of the best new blood." Fucking troll ever. It is terrifying, dude. But the thing is, it would be so. Imagine, like, I could do this to you, right? I could just start sending letters to your email address that I wrote. When I was wearing gloves, you would have no way of figuring out it was me ever and, like, cutting circles out of magazines yeah, and fucking making like the letters. letters and, and it could just be shit like, remember the ritual that we conducted? Oh, wait, you wouldn't because the old gods took your memories away, but you want something far greater. Yeah. And I will have use of you again. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> shit like that. If you just... That's the thing is, in the world of today, you send someone, like, a letter with just, like, Cthulhu in it, and they're just like... Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like, so these people were getting all these letters that were just like from this guy who calls himself the Watcher, and he's like, "I am the Watcher. I have watched this house. Like you've changed it and made it so pretty. Why don't you just leave it as it is? I've watched my my grandfather watched this house in the twenties, and his and my father watched it in the sixties, and now I watch it. I am the Watcher. I'm when, the guy across the street. Yeah. When will you bring me the new blood? I can't wait for the new blood. I can't wait to know the name of the new blood, as it will help me plan better." Like, all kinds of weird shit. So they didn't even move in the house, and they're, su- they're suing the former owners of the house. And being for like... For not telling them. For not telling them about like the Like, if watcher. you guys want to give us one million of that 1.3 million back, then we'll just live here. Yeah. But it's horrifying. Can you imagine? Like, if you and Claire were just chilling, and, like, threatening letters started showing up to your apartment. I would write a letter to the return address that says bring it on motherfucker i don't think they have return address i think it's just like a dude chucks them at the door and runs away like well, i'm sure but the thing is i'm sure he's like watching them read yeah so i would literally That's just read creepy. it and just be like just like just cock your finger gun like, every direction like in a circle so that he knows that i know <laughs> that he's out there watching me yeah and then just like rack your gun well, yeah just like pull my gun off my hip switch the safety off and be like what's up but what if you like uh, have you ever watched any movies like The Strangers or anything like that where like like home invasion movies that are about like like so The Strangers is the scariest one where like that I've seen where it's basically these two people they go out into the middle of the woods it's got um the girl who played uh who played what's it what, who played the the elf chick from lord of the rings the main oh, elf girl uh, who's in love with aragorn excuse me Liv tyler yeah it's got Liv tyler in it and um she like goes out to a cabin in the woods with her with her her husband slash fiance or whatever or boyfriend and then like these dudes show up and start breaking like terrorizing them while they're in the cabin like no i have seen this before you saw this I'm one i'm pretty sure yeah it's, it's fucking terrifying I think it was on netflix probably yeah so but like 
that kind of shit is like terrifying like they they like wear sack masks that are made out of like a like a a potato sack or whatever like a linen sack and they'll just like they'll the characters will be just be chilling and they look over the window there's a person like like sitting there in the window like you know and it's just like I don't know that's fucking terrifying stuff man no bite please what is this rings hidden in pastries no penny stop leave it We've got the terror running around. What was that? What are you, what are you watching? That was that 30 Rock. Oh, 30 Rock. They talk about pastries in that show? Uh, for, I'm sure, like 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't obviously hope I never have to go through a home invasion, but I feel a lot safer knowing I've got a 12-gauge shotgun that's like 10 seconds away from me grabbing it. Yeah. So. There's, do you remember that scene in The Strangers where they, like... I don't remember anything. So the there's a scene where the dude has a shotgun, and you're like, he's like, oh, I'm so safe. I have a, tool. I have a 12 gauge shotgun now. Like I'm totally, ow. like I'm totally safe. Everything's good. And then you see his friend is coming down the hallway. He's like there and could save them. And he's like there. And he's like, guys, guys, are you here? Like, hello. And he's like coming down the hallway. And the guy doesn't know that it's him because he like he came in and said something. And then he was he was creeping down the hallway. Like, just going down trying to find people, like find whoever's there. And the guy's got his the gun up and he fucking kills his friend on accident because the guy comes around the corner he's like fuck this just blows the guy away Penny. so let's see that's the thing though is i have a light on my shotgun for a reason I'm so like, that you can see well it's yeah target identification that's like the first rule of of even owning a gun is don't fucking pull that trigger until you know exactly what's on the other end of that barrel and you're ready for it to never be the same again how long does it way. how long does it take to identify that you think like how long does for like someone that you see all the time and know like, I would swing a shotgun light on you and know pretty much instantly if it's you or not, right? And then if it's not someone I know and someone's been doing that stuff to me, they're getting a face full of 12 gauge. Yeah. Do you it's... think, is, is it like two or three seconds that you have to be looking at the person in your opinion? Like, what's a reasonable amount of time in your opinion when you're Whatever looking at Whatever you need person? to be absolutely sure of your shot. I don't think that there's a time limit. It's got to be quick, though, right? Yeah, because you only have so much time before that person reacts. But it's one of those things where, like, if I came... If someone was terrorizing this house, and I, I mean, there's not really many places we wouldn't be able to communicate with each other, but yeah. let's say that you couldn't speak or I couldn't speak or something, and the other one of us is walking around corners with the gun. It's not like I turn the corner over there, see you on the couch, and be like, who are you? <laughs> you know, just, just blast you. If I have a light, and I look at you with the light, and I see you... I know if it's you or if it's not you. And the assumption in that scenario is anyone that isn't you is deserving of a lot of lead in their body. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's very true. Yeah, fuck well, home invasions, so. though. And yeah, robberies and anything happens. that's a violation of privacy or property. Like, it doesn't... Human beings are such shitty fucking monsters sometimes. I don't understand it. Well, and you're very particularly, like, again, like, you, I mean, given, like, the circumstances of what happened surrounding Stephen's passing and stuff, like, ever since then, you've been very, just, like, fuck anyone who comes tries to come to my house. Like, you sleep with a gun on your stomach. Like, I've seen it. Like, you always have I a gun. I lay down with a gun on my stomach. I sleep with my gun on my side table. Yeah. Like, you always have a gun at hand. Just, which is, to me, is so, is, like so strange because i lived in quadrangles too and i never felt unsafe well i'm somewhat paranoid but that's because i got my apartment broken into yeah like and it's not it cost me nothing aside from buying the gun to have the gun on my person i mean, the safety's not on it's loaded but it's not it can't possibly go off unless i am making it go off yeah. so the safety I'm not is in on any danger it's on yeah it's yeah. not 
I can't shoot it. Yeah. Like, if I were to go in there and pull it out and pull the trigger right now, nothing will happen because the safety's on. But I could turn it off if I need to. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just hate crime. And if you're a criminal and I have the chance to shoot you and get away with it, I'm probably going to take it. I'll tell you that right now. Because yeah. <laughs> we need less of your kind in this world. Yeah. So that's kind of the random news of the week. King Ass Ripper and the Watcher. King Ass Ripper. Jesus. Ass Ripper and the Watcher, dude. <laughs> the ultimate Ripping crime. and the Watcher in the morning. <laughs> the ultimate uh, crime fighting duo. Or crime causing duo. Strong together. Friends forever. They're the best of friends. <laughs> Give me the young blood. <laughs> All right. Here we go. The dog cast apparently. The dog cast is ended, for she is banished into the entryway where she where she came from and where she belongs. The foyer is your final destination. So, Amazon is considering crowdsourcing deliveries. Basically, what they're going to do, what they're talking about doing, is they'll set up certain locations to be pickup points for um, people, kind of like Uber. Like you just you sign up for an app, you sign in, and you say, "I want to pick up a package." They say, "The nearest package is here." You say, claim the package, and they're like, great. Come pick it up. We'll give you five bucks. So I think this is fucking awesome, personally, because I own a truck. I would not mind delivering packages as, like, a job. Is it forcibly one at a time, though? Because that means not. your truck is pointless. Yes. I would, I would assume that you can pick up as many as you can reasonably deliver. And I think that the goal is to make it somewhat where you're just like, I am going to Scottsdale today, and I, I'm, but I'm in Mesa. And this I'm person, already on the way. Yeah. and I'm Or I'm here picking up something for a friend that I, since I'm going over to their house anyways or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think that idea is cool, but I think that it's sort of a trick of value, right? Because $5 isn't actually that much money. No. like, And even if you're delivering like 12 packages, which can vary in size, right? That's 60 bucks. But if you're going far enough that you need to get gas again or something, like... Suddenly you've only made thirty. Suddenly you've only made thirty, or you know, and you're putting mileage on your car. Or, yeah, like I don't think it will ever be something that will be an actual replacement for a job, unless there's a company that literally just like buys a U-Haul truck and becomes a one-person UPS. I would do that. Right? But the thing is, you wouldn't make enough money for it to be to Probably matter, not, right? Yeah. You would be driving so much that you you lose everything to paying for gas that yeah. then that you would have taken in so that's why you get like a really like a like a smart car like a super you just get an electric car just get like an electric car so that you don't have to pay for gas and then yeah. just pay it off by driving Too bad for every Amazon. good electric car is $75,000 doesn't matter you'll be a millionaire <laughs> i mean but I, I guess from a perspective of do we actually need this i kind of think we do yeah. Well, right. Amazon in particular needs something to offset their massive shipping costs. Their their shipping costs rose by like $3 billion last year. Well, crazy like but the thing is that growth is matched by the amount of people who are using the service. Get, using the service, getting premium or prime, yeah. right? I mean, I've got prime, and honestly, like, they could raise the price for prime to be like $200 a year. I would still pay it because that pays for invaluable. itself. Like, every month I buy enough stuff. I think, like, some months not so much, but pretty much every month I buy enough stuff off of Amazon, be it, like, restocking my toiletries or whatever in bulk or buying something that I want or, or need for fishing, say, like, I just bought a pair of water shoes, that I make up the, the amount of my subscription to Prime in a month. Yeah. Like, I'm getting 12 times the value of what I paid, hidden yeah. value, granted, but... 
That free shipping is tempting, dude. I mean, if I had money to buy stuff on on Amazon, I would definitely That's use it all the was, time. I Mark had it, and he was like, "This is awesome, but don't get Prime because then you'll be buying off shit off so much shit off Amazon." But then I wanted to get, I wanted to buy PC parts, and I found better deals for parts on Amazon than on like Newegg or whatever. And I looked at the total amount I was going to spend. I looked at the shipping, and I'm like. I, sh- I could just pay for Prime. That's more than I'm paying for shipping on this, but I'm sure I will buy more shit down the road. And ever since, you know. <laughs> You've been a Prime man for life. Yeah. But it is problematic for them because their costs are, like you're saying, they're fucking huge, right? I mean. Yes. And part of the, I mean, they, they have a relationship with UPS that they have to maintain that they, they probably need to sweeten that pot a little more since I'm sh- pretty sure Amazon's like UPS's. 100% biggest customer, right? Yeah. I mean, like, or probably they're really only one. Like, I've never heard of someone who's just like, yeah, I sent this through UPS myself. Unless it's, like, to return something. Yeah, I mean, Kimmy like, Kimmy no. sends things through UPS sometimes. To other people. But she has a home business, so that's well, why. Well, okay, yeah. But, you, like, per person, I would imagine that the primary use for UPS in their life is... Is receiving, receiving things from st- Amazon. Stuff from Amazon, yeah. yeah. So, but that causes problems like uh, a Christmas or two ago where UPS can't actually handle the throughput that Amazon needs, yeah. right? People, and then they're stupid, they're fucking idiots, and they make guarantees that they can. Yeah. They, they lie to your face. They're like, if you've ordered something, even if you order it on December 23rd, it'll be there on Christmas. It's like, no, it won't. You are fucking dreaming right now yeah. if you think that that's true. Yeah, and it creates issues with the shipping, um, with the shipping industry too, because like UPS, it, they have like a monopoly on Amazon deliveries, and so now UPS tar- starts charging more to Amazon for those deliveries. Well, no, UPS can't do that because then Amazon could just say, oh, "Well, we'll split you and we'll split your business with FedEx." Fuck off. Yeah. Right. Like it's a monopoly both ways because UPS cannot afford to lose Amazon's business. And Amazon cannot afford to lose UPS, so they ba- they you know they sort of have to meet in the middle. It's interesting how they become so dependent on each other, and it's it's like this symbiotic relationship. UPS was around before Amazon, and Amazon started really small, but the growth of UPS and the growth of Amazon have happened in tandem, and now well, they are very they are, intertwined and relying on each other. They're pretty much like sim- it's a complete symbiosis, right? Like, as a shipping company, what do you need? You need people to be shipping things to use your trucks and your planes and your service right Mm -hmm. as a online marketplace what do you need to be able to do process transactions and actually distribute goods well it looks it looks like someone is buying and selling something and they need it to be delivered perfect ups they're they're prompt they're like the best logistics people on the planet right i mean that's they tout that in their commercials and I assume that is true. I, I can't speak to the contrary. Yeah, I don't know but, anything about shipping logistics, so yeah, well, I yeah, yeah, it's a high UPS. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on the flip of the coin, like UPS, I'm sure was pretty big before Amazon, but their growth, I'm since partnering up with a person who's like, I promise you that you're going to get like billions of dollars of business guaranteed every year as long as you're with us yeah i'm sure their growth has just been like, <gasps> like yeah. into the stratosphere so it works out for both but you can't neither can afford to fuck each other but amazon like has to take into consideration that they are a channel with no regard for what actual constraints are on shipping 
right? They just allow transactions to occur and then expect them to be fulfilled. And yeah. UPS has to fulfill them, but UPS can't do that. Like, even FedEx and the post office two Christmases ago, who had nothing to do with Amazon, were saying, oh, don't worry, if you ordered your... As long as you order, like, two days before Christmas, you're guaranteed to get it by Christmas Day or whatever. It's like, no, no you're lying. And you're not... You don't even have to deal with Amazon levels of, of distribution. Yeah, you're dude. fucking lying, like... It's impossible. There's too much. Every there's 300 million people in the United States, and on Christmas, 250 million of them are sending things somewhere. Like yeah. it's just how it is. And oh, not to mention all over the world, right? Like the UPS branch that's in, and the UPS and Amazon in England, in Europe, in Africa, maybe probably <laughs> South America, but maybe yeah. UPS, <laughs> U- U- Peruvian United <laughs> Peruvian Service, yeah. I, I want the Amazon drone. That's what I'm waiting for. I don't know how far away <laughs> it is from being real. Very far I away. would love to be an Amazon drone pilot, where it was my job just to be like, zzz, you like know that flying there's a of just for being a drone pilot, right? Really? Yeah. Is it say? I assume it's like piloting, like like you go to pilot school similarly. Sort of, but it's still actually a degree. Yeah, because you you can learn like everything about drones. Like you can be a guy who builds and designs new ones or a guy who maintains them or a guy who flies them or develops a software for them or whatever. Like yeah. with the advent of the Reaper drone, the you know, the um, MQ-9 that they use in the military, with that spreading out to every other possible use for a drone pretty much, like it's a big field now. I, I was actually considering that. like Doing drone work? Yeah, because... It would be fucking sweet. It would be awesome. I would love to be a design guy, though. I would want to make my own drone. But there's just so much shit that, like, makes drone technology really not efficient right now. And you can't have the kind of drones that I would want to make. Like, we had a a thing show up as a Sibber in the DoD documents when they released the round of Sibbers, like, a year and a half ago. Yeah. That was literally... Make a thing that a soldier can hold on them that auto-hacks Wi-Fi so that they can use their IPsec radios to communicate over encrypted Wi-Fi, even if they're in a neighborhood in, like, Kabul. Yeah. As long as there's a Wi-Fi router. I was like, fuck that. I want to do one more and have a literal, like, small quadcopter that you have an RFID tag Like a familiar who's like, yes, Yeah, that just follows you around and it, it can position itself for optimal signal and all this stuff. And I was like, that would be awesome and I would love to make that. We don't have the power to make that happen. Yeah. Like, we don't have batteries that can last that long in that heat. We don't yeah, have batteries that can last that long, fucking period, to be solar running power, it. But, you can, but solar power isn't generated fast enough to keep up with the power requirements of four helicopter rotors. Yeah. Even tiny ones, like, would have to be on there to fly, but they need to spin really fast. So, yeah. That technology just isn't there yet. But it is the dream. I that's one of the reasons I want to try and get a, uh, an internship at Amazon because I would like to work on the drone section. I think that'd be you fucking rad. Though. That's the thing. I know I'd work on like the shit stuff, but my goal would be to you know, like laterally transfer into the drone <laughs> department eventually. Like I just imagine a world where I order something on Amazon, and it's like, zzz, and it just shows up on my doorstep and just flies away. And then you see like Amazon drones flying around. But the FAA won't allow they that won't because allow that. did you know that? Apparently, commercial planes fly like 300 feet above you. No. No, <laughs> no they don't. Nowhere that any Amazon drone would ever be. Fuck off. Yeah, like, it wouldn't happen. Like, there would be birds at that height, maybe. But, it was, like, as long as they're literally at, like, street light height. They're fine. 
they they'll never impact anything negatively. Right? Can you imagine like like what if they if Amazon just chartered a bunch of planes and they like like during Christmas when they have to do mass deliveries and they fly this, they like fly like a, a C three ten Hercules over Someone's like ready. over suburbia and drop drones that just like fall out and they're like let's <laughs> go off to the way of their location. Fuck the FAA. Yeah, like they create they create a helicarrier that just has drones that lift <laughs> off and deliver packages from the sky dude amazon becomes a sky helicarrier where it's just they're flying around delivering packages all day and that's if what they do was, if we had a way to generate that much power that would happen awesome. that's the thing is it's the same same idea as the uh the google barge thing that they had if you if you remember that from a long time ago like google has been working on these giant ass like ships and no one knows what they're about because google won't say anything but people think that they're basically floating data centers so you can position your data center optimally to um, provide for the, the data transfer and whatever needs for whatever civilization. They can just rent them. And they're offshore. They're completely owned by Google. I don't know if they're considered like American soil or what. Why? I don't know how that would work. Yeah. But like it, it just becomes a mobile Google you know? Like a massive data center that, like, where like Qatar's like, we need a data center for the World Cup, and they're like, we're like, yeah, they're just like, actually, never mind. <laughs> yeah, fuck Qatar. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that'd, that'd be awesome. That's the future. I want it. I, want, I can't wait. To I want see drone the, technology the in my shit life. There's a guy. Gonna happen in the future. There's a guy who took a drone and installed a Wi-Fi hack in it, and it ta- it slaves other drones. Like, he built a drone, and it will fly around, and he'll go to, like, an air park where people are flying their drones, and he just slaves their drones and makes them follow him around. There is, I mean, that's actually a huge problem that the military's having right now, is there isn't really a good way to secure a wireless connection. That's one of the things I was thinking about. Like, I was talking to Kimmy about that the other night, because she, you know, we have uh she bought an iPad, but it doesn't have 3G, so she just uh, uses her phone as a tether. And I told her that, like, you shouldn't keep that on all the time because if someone wanted to, they could hack in and steal oh, your data. And she was nightmare. like, well, wouldn't it be, like, really hard? And I was like, and and I told her, and I think this is true, I could write a program, and all it has to do is just try to brute force your, brute force your connection. And because, like, routers in general, like an iPhone, as far as I know, if you try to brute force your way through it, it won't stop you. You just have to write a program that inputs a string starting with all A's and and changes it to cover every possible permutation, and well, eventually it'll fight its way through. So that's true to an extent, and there's a lot of circumstances that modify whether that's a time feasible thing to do. Yeah, one of them is: Are you using what what Wi-Fi encryption algorithm is it using? Right? If it's a 128 bit, or well, that doesn't even matter because there are some Wi-Fi encryption algorithms that are like laughably easy to crack, like the uh, not the WPA. What is the other one? WEP. Yeah, WEP is literally like ten thousand combinations needed to to crack it, which means that you write a program to do it and you're you crack it in like a second. Yeah. Any password because they fucked up the algorithm, the encryption algorithm, so it uses the same starting vector. So you can just be like, well, I need to guess like one letter and then I, f- I can figure out the whole phrase. But By vector, do you mean the starting letter? No, the starting vector. It's, I mean, you, I don't, if you never take a, a crypto class, this will never matter, but I'm considering in stream. It. In the stream ciphers, you basically have a seeded 
vector that gives you values to do your uh, your operations against and then you'll eventually matriculate to using like a table of different values but you basically push in this string that acts as a seed sort of like the way if you've used the the rend functions in C or C++ where you have to give it a seed a starting value mm -hmm. that it then becomes random off if you give it the same seed it gives you the same value the first time because it's pseudo-random. It's not really random. Yes. Yeah. And the, the same idea is at practice with... It's WEP or WPA. One of them is super great, and one of them sucks I think talk. it's WEP because everyone uses WPA now. Yeah, WPA... I think everyone to, uses WPA2. To, trying to break WPA2, you won't. You, you can write whatever algorithm you like, but if someone makes their password like 12 characters long, the problem is you don't know how long the password is going to be, there are some that require fixed length strings, but anything that requires variable increases the entropy by a whole magnitude yeah. of uh, what, like a power of like twenty six at least. But if you take into account all possible numbers, well, it's you can because you can input any any character from the keyboard, right? So any special character, any number, any character, upper and lowercase. So twenty six times two plus twenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like. Uh, 52 possible character combinations. So if even if you just had eight character password, 52 to the eight combinations. Now, when you work with computers, a lot of times you see shit like that, and you're like, that's actually not that much. Like you don't uh, a, a processor can do like 20 billion instructions a second or whatever, yeah. but in practice, your program can't do things that fast, and you're not dealing with an eight character password if it's 12 if it's 13 like every consecutive power makes that number grow way bigger and there's it makes sure that you're basically never getting in unless you get lucky right yeah. and someone just actually held the a key down and <laughs> you know but you have to go through all eight characters and all nine characters all 10 11 12 i wonder so. how i wonder how they stop um people from hacking like pins for an, a debit card a debit card is only four letters or four digits, so it's it's zero through nine. But you don't ten need a pin online, board. right? You don't. This is true, but you, I'm, you don't hack a pin at a terminal either. You just see someone put it in, and then you do it. But could you hack a pin at a terminal? I wonder. No, because you would a have to connect something to the terminal, and someone doesn't see you, which yeah. is pretty very unlikely. Yeah. Like, there's no place for you to even connect it to anyway. It's not like there's a USB slot on there. Yeah. Or anything. Like. Most of the, the most like the problem that we have with online currency transactions is the way in which the things that you're using work require like they don't have any real built-in privacy. You're just hoping that no one is sitting on the encrypted line you're using and pulling that data off. Yeah, because really, if you know someone's um, card number, there's only three other numbers you have to figure out in order to complete that transaction, right? And like three to the, you know, ten to the three, it's only what a thousand. Yeah. That that your computer can do in no time. Yeah. You know? In like a second. <laughs> and that and then that de it starts to depend on did they code it so that it can only take so many attempts for transactions before they just say actually no we don't fucking believe that you actually you own this card anymore kind of thing you yeah know, like I wonder I, I'm so I'm trying to figure out exactly what direction I want to go in and I'm considering information security information assurance information assurance because i've always been really interested in hacking like i've always liked the idea of they hacking. Are not the same thing yeah information what is, assurance is you you 
don't get to do any hacking, but you do understand how why it happens, mm-hmm. right? But your job as an IA guy is to prevent it. Yeah. Right? Is to develop systems and processes and infrastructure such that it is hard or impossible for someone to compromise a system. And yeah. that's a system being compromised through social engineering, right? So you just call you have a company on the phone and be like, oh, it's me. Um, I forgot my password and I need to log into the VPN. Could you give me the domain name and the password, please, for insert stolen name from yeah. the company here? Like, And the thing is, you'd be surprised, but that shit fucking works. Oh, of course like, it, it does. It works Absolutely. all the time because yeah. people are fucking retarded. Like, the person on the other end of that phone is an idiot. Yeah. Then, They're just like, oh, okay. And the problem is you can't communicate to people that that's going to happen, right? Like, you can tell people, you won't know this, but there are going to be guys who call who are completely spoofing their identity just to get access to the system. You need to be wary and you need to come up with an, you know, a system to prevent that. It's because they'll just be like, okay, and then they'll never do it. Yeah. Know? The IA guy is there to, to create and enforce procedures that are meant to harden the security posture for a given inf- information technology organization. So you get to take classes that pertain to hacking stuff. Like I, you take a system security class, which is more hacking than anything else. It's, it is the class where you air quotes hack, like you have to sign a legal waiver that says, I'm, I promise that I don't like hold my teacher accountable for things I do with this knowledge or whatever. And they can't tell you everything because, unfortunately, foreign exchange students exist, and they don't—they don't want to teach, you know, foreign actors how to hack. Yeah. They're not legally allowed to do that. So, but they do teach you things like if you given this program, like find me ways so you could fuck it up. And it requires a lot of thinking outside the box because there's like the the most archetypal example I have of this is he gives a, a program that's just a for loop. And he says, okay, fine. And at the end variable that it stops for the uh, loop condition, it's a variable. It's not like i equals zero, i less than 10 or whatever. And he's like, how would you make this loop infinitely? And so a lot of people were like, oh, I'll just, uh," or like make it loop more than 10 times or whatever. Hmm. And so the first thing obviously people go to is like, oh, well, I'll just like change the stack like smash the stack and change the variable to be a different value or whatever. And he's like, how does one smash the stack? Well, it's when you like the way the heap and the stack work, right? Is they, they start on opposite ends of a memory chunk and they work inward, right? Well, if you go, if you do what's called a buffer overflow, wherein you are exceeding like the range of memory that's allocated for an array or something, you can actually go through heap and jump into stack memory and start changing things. It's hmm. if there's a lot of little like, I mean, you can, you don't really do this as much anymore because they put stuff like address space layout randomization and things to make sure you can't, or at least make it really hard to. But it allows you to change vol- values and the um, he's everyone gives the, him their ideas. He's like, okay, well, you all didn't think about just changing what the what zero means. Zero is just a hard-coded variable in memory. Mm-hmm. You can make zero negative ten, and it would still show as zero. And to you, it would compile as zero, but it could be negative ten. You know, like there, it's so. A how lot would of, you? How would you do that? You would go into the program and change that, the you, value. Of well, zero. you would have to change that on like a kernel level. Yeah, but you can. That's the thing. It's like there's always going to be more ways than you look at something and see to compromise something security. 
and the classes basically put you through some of that rigor and some of the classes are not like this like the network security class is really interesting if you just want to learn to set up a network by yourself and if you really want to learn Linux networking really well which I think everyone who's who works in computers should know because it's the easiest and most intuitive way to yeah. learn networking stuff and socket programming but it's not teaching you like here's how you actually hack a network yeah because networks stuff is basically like automated now like you know but it's yeah I would suggest IA but if you're gonna do IA get ready for more fucking math cause crypto is not an easy class I didn't do well in that class yeah I did okay but not as well as I would've liked so yeah it's that or web design and like web design is not really applicable to computer science well you wouldn't be doing like. web design though you'd be yeah. doing web development like web development yeah so either web development... Web development is computer science. You still need to know... Like background, back, like back-end like back stuff, PHP and... Well, not even that. that. I mean, regardless of what language you're using, there's still going to be more efficient ways to do something than non-efficient ways, right? Yeah. Or, there, or there going to be, there's going to be a clear, good choice to make, right? Do I need to do this loop? Can I just use a hash table instead or whatever, like... And those, regardless of what language you're using, PHP, JavaScript, Bash, which is you know, just a scripting language, like those constructs still exist and you still need to understand how they work to make a good, fast, robust program. Yeah. But web dev just tends to be more abstracty because the languages aren't like strongly typed or anything. You're not saying int something equals, it's just mm, this is equal to a string or a one and the compiler's like that's a, a string or it's an integer, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, well, think it's just about because, it. like, because I'm so interested in doing web content production, as you know, I feel like develop like web development would be a good idea because I could write my own websites and stuff like that. Having that knowledge be super helpful. But yeah. I also just like the idea of hacking slash counterhacking. And I don't, and I feel like the only way to do that, if I ever was like, I want to be a hacker, would be like, go work for the CIA. Or the, and, or the NSA, which, as we as we already know, there is actually a scholarship provided to ASU, and I think to all major engineering universities. Where not all major engineering universities, only for centers of academic excellence in information assurance. And I guess ASU is one of those. But yes. I can go if I were to sign up. I could sign up now, and I basically sell my soul to them for the next like three years, and they will pay from they will pay me eighteen thousand dollars a year. They will give me eighteen grand a year, and every summer I have to go work for them for the entire summer. Then I get to come back and continue going to school, and then when I'm done, I have to work for them for I think four years. You have to work for them for as many years as you got money. Yeah, that's the, the stipulation. I actually wanted to do that. It sounds awesome, except I don't think I could get Kimmy to move to Langley. I don't she think she'd be interested in living Langley's on the East Coast at all. CIA is Langley, and Langley is Fort Meade in Maryland. Is it? I thought CIA yes. was Langley. CIA is Langley. Oh, I just okay. said that. Well, this is a CIA program. No. Center Academic, Academic Excellence Things, Tennessee. Oh, okay. But it still would be East Coast in the Maryland, Washington well, district you area. just go live there for the summer and you come back. But I would have to move there full time when I... Yes, you get an apartment there. You, you, they're giving you $18,000 and you're there for three months. No, I'm saying, I'm saying once I graduate, she and I would have to move to that area for four years. Wow. Or three, you'd be or making three a lot more money. Be making a lot of money for sure, yeah. So, well, and and you'd be having the coolest job ever. Like, I literally didn't hear about that until like the day that the applications were due, and then some dude in my class was like, you know, hey, you're you're pretty good at this stuff. Like, you should give this a try. And he was because I was doing one for getting my master's in information assurance, mm -hmm. and he was like, hey, 
fill this application out and send it in like our my our 465 teacher wants you to do this or whatever and he was like a ta for them but yeah, it was like i have to like write a three-page essay and all this shit in like six hours i'm just i can't do this yeah you know? <laughs> like i have it's not like i don't have other finals to study for and shit so yeah i uh, thought about doing it i don't know if i could get nsa clearance or not Given given that I do like a podcast and I've made my freedom of information desires and and beliefs known, I feel like they wouldn't trust me. But maybe, and I'm not saying well, they shouldn't trust me because I wouldn't like leak secrets or anything. It's just that I feel like with the rigor that it goes into getting any clearance for the NSA, not any clearance, but me. top secret, you know, with a poly, yeah, it's yeah. they're definitely a like because the thing is getting. No, getting clearance because I have secret clearance. I never used it. Are right? you able to say that now? Yeah, you can. You weren't s- able to say it before. I thought. No, I can. I can say that I have secret clearance. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't say if I had top secret, or at least you're you're not supposed to. Like you can say it, but then it just sort of paints a target on your back. But I have you don't. Clearance. You just I have don't, secret. Yeah, I have, have secret. secret. I don't know shit because I've never had to use it. We yeah. just get it at my work as a matter of course because to be a contractor for the dod you have to your all of your employees have to have secret clearance within 18 months mm-hmm. even if you never use it no project that we've worked on has ever required secret clearance it's actually super expensive to maintain that shit or like when you're using it actively and so we don't like using it anyway but i had secret clearance i had to fill out and you know what's funny is did you hear about that data breach for the office of personnel management uh recently no uh, the government. I need to, you need to send me links to those blogs because I know you check blogs every day, right? That have like information assurance and like well, things just, going on just in the tech world. Subreddit, dude. So go look one? up the programming subreddit, the NetSec one. Like, there's a bunch, but this one was actually just in the news, and it was the Office of Personnel Management, which is the people I had to go through to get my clearance, got hacked, and a bunch of government like contact information stuff got leaked. Yeah. But I mean, I you they ask you everything. Like they even ask you shit that I don't. I mean, you never would really like tell the truth on, anyways. If <laughs> like yeah. I did, right? They asked me, "Have you ever taken any drugs?" I was like, "Yes, I've smoked pot before. I don't anymore." Or like, yeah. perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. So they they asked me if I do I have I done any drugs? Yes, I've smoked pot before when I was in college. I quit before I like started getting serious about getting my job because mm-hmm. I knew obviously if I wanted to get clearance I couldn't be like actively doing drugs doing drugs yeah. yeah associating with those kinds of brigands yeah and then you know so I put that all on there I still got my clearance yeah I mean I put on there that I've you have to put everything on there like I've been in counseling for depression I've been I've taken drugs but they have a whole section of like multiple choice, not multiple choice, just yes or no questions at the end multiple that are choice. fucking ridiculous. It's like, have you ever had contact with terrorist groups such as ISIS or Al Qaeda? Well, they don't. They don't say anything specific. They're like, with terrorist groups that have ill intent towards the United States of America. And I'm like, why would I even say yes if I did? You know, like it's, yeah. But of course I haven't because I fucking hate terrorism. But but some people do. Like people have act, they have contact with like ISIS and Al Qaeda in America. Like there are because I mean we just had that whole FBI bus like three or four months ago, where the FBI went to Michigan I think it was and busted a whole bunch of guys that were basically forming a terrorist cell because they went to iloveisis.com 
and watched the videos and they were like, we can do this. And then they like started a terrorist cell yep. in Michigan and they got busted. Like, well, that's the whole fucking the point though, right? Is that's how they're, they work best. Is they just say, here's this information. They're just doing with it what they want. It's like, no, you're, you're inciting hatred and making people do bullshit, you know? Yeah. But I think this might be Karen. It's clear. But, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it was just really funny to me. And it took forever. Like, I didn't... The Our uh, security officer was supposed to tell me when I got my fucking clearance. And she never did. So I've literally had clearance for, like, a year. And I didn't know. She's like, oh, it should only take, like, six months. And then we'll know if, yes, you got it or no, you didn't. And what steps to take to rectify that. And then... It, I was like, okay, never heard from her again. And then I was just thinking about it like a couple months ago. I was like, shit, did I ever even like get my clearance? Like, yeah. Sorry. And then I went to go talk to my CEO, and he's like, yeah, you have it. And I was like, sure, never told me. <laughs> yeah, but well, you want to wrap it up with some geek news? Yeah, sure. All right, so a little bit, a little bit, tidbit more about the FF7 remake. We've been told by the uh, all the producers and the director and everything it will not be a carbon copy remake. They yeah, are. The more I said that in the uh, the interviews. Yeah. For that. Yeah. So they're they're not just going to spruce up the visuals and do an exact remake. They're going to probably change the battle system. Possibly they're going to. A long They're going. Which I hope they don't because it's the best battle system ever. <laughs> no fucking TV. <laughs> it's odd, so good. They um, they are going to change. They're going to make a lot of adjustments. Um, probably interface adjustments and things like that. A lot of people are saying that they won't have the really cool moments anymore, like the uh, the honeybee in and the part where Cloud cross dresses and stuff. I think that, that will all stay in there for sure. Anything that was quirky and shit's gonna stay in there, and anything because the thing is, there's a. Uh, I, I mean, it's been said other places. We've said it last time, right? Yeah. That game is fucking huge. Yes. Like that game, if time scaled linearly, like that game is as long as The Witcher Three is now. Yeah. If if we took it to the same inflation as nineteen ninety seven dollars to now dollars, like that game is like a thousand hours of content. Yeah, right? in it's terms ridiculous. of today's decision, just content decisions for how long these last. So like, I feel like a lot of things probably won't be in there. True, but I would hope that that's simply because they've streamlined it. Yeah, right? I think they'll streamline it, and I think that they'll change the way you get certain things, like materia, the way that you get summons and stuff. That was always really long. Well, fucking like, Knights of the Round. Dude. Yeah, where you, you just gotta go... win the gold chocobo race and then run a fucking across the entire map to the fucking like island where it is and then yeah. fight. Wasn't there one? I don't know which one it was. It, it wasn't Knights of the Round, but there was another. There was another one where you have to go through a snowstorm and you literally have to go like left and right in the exact combination to walk through the snowstorm so you're like you go you go forward oh, if you fuck up it puts you at the beginning and it puts you back at the beginning and you yeah. have to start again that will probably sure it was like not Shiva be in there. or whatever the, yeah. the winter one is but... um that will probably not be in there anymore the ultimate weapons i bet will be in there but they'll be a lot more streamlined in how you get them well the thing is the ultimate weapons in original 7 you just got them after you beat a point in the game like they uh, just showed up and then you went to them. Yeah. No, because in because in uh, the way you get Claude's Buster Sword, maybe maybe I got mine early by doing this, but with Claude's Buster Sword, you had to get like a hundred thousand gill. You had to win a hundred thousand gill in the arena, and that was how you'd be able to buy it. The arena. Oh, okay. The sorry. I thought I thought when you said ultimate weapons, I thought you meant like 
ruby weapon, emerald no. weapon, well, that's the actual what I, like demon things. I was actually fight. referring to them, yeah. So that so, but then I realized that it sounded more like I was talking about the the weapons oh, okay. for. So the character yeah. with those will probably stay the same, but yes, the ruby weapon, the the people that you defeat will be more streamlined, I imagine. Or maybe not. Maybe well, no. The thing the is, they are literally they are the same. Like they're just on the overworld, and you go fight them when you want to. Yeah. They're just impossibly hard. Like you have to be level ninety nine, have the perfect combination of your party of materia and spells, and all this shit. What you do know? you get like, for beating them? Uh, nothing. Just pride. Yeah, it's basically it's just old like school an, gaming dude. achievement with not even like trackably achievable. Yeah, I don't, like this. Old... I, I mean, I don't. I don't think they get anything. So probably a shitload of money. But yeah. At the end of that game got nice and round you don't need money like those are the days where it was just like like you had like they the director put like Tetsuya Nomura put in the, them in there just to be like for if the they people ever, who want to challenge yeah, themselves here you go yeah, if they ever beat this game here's a little extra challenge good luck it'll be impossible and you and you'll have to grind it and get like the perfect it's like trying to beat Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts 1 it took hours, fucking, fucking hours, and you got task. nothing for it because there was no such thing as achievements except for bragging rights to say, "Yeah, I fucking beat that." Well, and and the thing is, in, in that fight at least, it was just the cruelest fight in that game oh, yeah. by far because yeah. it was fucking Sephiroth, and that that is the period where, like, all those Final Fantasy Seven characters had the resurgence, right? Because Cloud was in Kingdom Cloud Hearts, in it, yeah. and then there was like Dirge of Cerberus was going on, and you were yeah. getting all these cool like uh, Avid Children was there. Yes, it's just. Oh, what a time to be alive yes one of the greatest periods yeah um and Star Ocean Integrity and Faithless Faithlessness was announced at E3 I've never uh, played any Star Ocean it games it is the fifth in the Star Ocean series I have played one of them and man it was fucking boring I played Star Ocean until the end of time I think it was and I fucking couldn't crack it dude I spent like two hours on it just in the starting ship area and they don't tell you where to go at all, and you're supposed to go and do like the com- like practice in the combat simulator and stuff. I couldn't get the game to start moving. It's just I don't know. I must suck at it. It's, it and I forget because like I'm I'm used to now. If I want to play a game, I can reasonably struggle through it because games are a lot more intuitively designed now. But uh, they're the- also a lot more hand-holding now. Like yeah. you get a objective marker on your mini map like that used to never. Happen. But like back in the days of Star Ocean, you needed a guide. Because they wouldn't fucking tell you where to go. They're like, hey, there's a million things to do. None of them are actually central to the plot. There's one button you have to click. Find it. Yeah, They're not going to tell you which luck, one. Motherfucker. It's going to be super vague about what you actually have to do. Good luck. You'll figure it out. It's fine. Go. Yes, you too. So they announced that. It looks cool. Uh, I haven't played the other ones, but it might be worth a look when it does come out. I mean, we're always waiting for a new RPG, but I, I feel like my... My choices when it comes to games like that are starting to narrow considerably. Like, I got E-Train Odyssey for my DS. Yes. Just because everyone's like, oh, these games I've are heard great. a lot about them, It's yeah. like, you know, Shimagami Tensei kind of thing where it's... I, I can't stand that style anymore. Like, I cannot stand a game that's an RPG where your character's just a fucking tile and you press attack and it does, like, a shit animation... Yeah, like, like it, it need like I need bravely default. That's the least I'm willing to accept. Where it's not an ATB system, it's still just turns, but at least there's unique animations for everything instead of just like the default animation for attack for every character being like, Meh. yeah, and they don't have like spells or anything. They don't do anything cool and affects. It's just like a picture fighting another picture. I can't stand it anymore, and that's really common on the DS at least. I just don't want it. I want something a bit more interactive and hopefully 
Star Ocean. I've always been interested in those games. I just, you know, never had the system for them or the time. So yeah, and um, they all they announced a new Hitman, and they gave it a release date. It's December eighth. So the the new Hitman game. I've have you played any of the Hitman series at all? I haven't, but I've watched Let's Plays for like Blood Bunny and Two. I think. Yeah, they're really interesting games. I played Hitman Two at one point, and I it was another game where like it was a little too open, and I didn't really know what to do because the first mission, it's like. Find this guy, kill him. Well, it's like literally like there. You start at the top of a hill, and there's a mansion at the bottom of a valley, and there's mountains all around you, and you're just supposed to go to the. It's like very. It's literally just like like here is a mansion, and there's nothing for miles around. So just believe that there's a world outside of this. Go to the mansion and infiltrate and kill this guy. And so it was really abstract, but but the new one looks like really cool. Like there's so many different ways that you can kill people. Like they they show like he goes up and shoots the guy in the face. And then he pretends to be a bartender and poisons the guy. And then he just shoots the chandelier and it falls and kills the dude. Like, that's a lot the, of a lot of really cool options. That's, and that's actually something I liked. And that that idea is a bit pervasive now. Like this, the new Splinter Cell was like that. Yes, that game I loved that fucking conviction. Game. Whatever the newest one was, that was on the PC. I had it and I played through the single player. It was fucking like the radical. one where he's like on the run from the U.S. government. And they do the yeah. cool. Everything appears on the on the walls. You'll see like lights on the walls, and that's how that they give you direction. Yeah, and they're in the flying plane, the Paladin, all the time. Like that's their base, and then he gets mm. dropped to places. No, I don't think that's the right one. Whatever the newest Splinter Cell is, because I have it. Blacklist or oh, Blacklist. Okay, I yeah. think so. Anyways, but that game it was super open. It's like you can be a stealth guy and just you know like knock people out and just drag their body somewhere and try and get through that way you could never attack anyone right yeah. you could just literally sneak through or you could be the guy who's just like annihilating the enemies the whole game and it's whatever way you want it it's still linear in that you have like a point a and a point b to get to but you can because of the the you know i'm on the ledge and i'm shimming across whatever mechanic like you can get there however which fucking way you want yeah and it makes it really interesting so the black the splinter cell games were really good they were very good. Some of them were stealthy. not really good. Well, but. I remember playing the first and second. I skipped third, and I played, and I'm the, and I skipped double agent, and I played conviction. Conviction was the shit. I didn't play blacklist. I probably should, but conviction was so cool the way it was presented and the of, cinematics and of stuff. Of all the ones that I've played, blacklist I think has the best story. Yeah, and that's why I like about those games. I like you know espionage and tree kind of yes. stories, and that one was Tom Clancy, really dude. like. And the way it ends, it reminded me a lot of Tomb Raider, actually. Just mm-hmm. the way it presents itself and how the levels are and everything. Yeah, it, it's exactly I, like I that. feel like, I mean, I, want, I have to look and see, but I would imagine it's the same developer or something. But, I don't know. It's good. I'll, I'll be excited to see the new Hitman get played. I probably won't ever play it myself. but I might play it. Like they're, they're doing an online mode for it uh, now as well, where... Um, just be a guy you have to assassinate the other hitman well it's no it's actually it's an online world that they're building where you can be like a target will appear and you have to assassinate the target and once the target is dead it's gone forever so if you don't if someone else in the world who is playing the game assassinates that target first you don't get to have that target so they're creating like all these scenarios where it's like we've created a new scenario first person playing the game in the world or like in this server who who kills the target gets the credit for that kill and no one else can kill that target and or, and play this scenario. Uh, I mean that I feel like that's 
artificial scarcity stuff, like, yeah. I don't know that that will work out the way that they want it to, right? They want it to have that feeling of exclusivity and, oh, man. But it's going to turn into, like, who has played the most and been able to kill the most people. And that's the number that people are going to care about, you know? Like, yeah. But as long as they have, like, a good replay feature for it, where you can share those videos... It's always better, I think, when game clients have that built in because it's a bit more, like, intuitive, right? Like, show me the kill scene for this kill or whatever, and you can just go through someone's murder catalog and see all the things that they've done. But I don't know. I think a far more interesting mode would be literally, like, they put you in a map, and you are a hitman. You don't all share the same model, but you all have the same abilities, and you just have to kill each other, right? So you could be a guy who literally kills someone and puts on a bartending uniform and pretends to be the bartender and maybe someone else comes one of the actual other hitmen comes up and like it's fake ordering a drink while he's like looking around scanning around and you're just like huh and you know, <laughs> like hand him a poison drink like I don't know I mean, it's, that would be a lot like Assassin's Creed the Assassin's Creed gameplay is very similar to that with the multiplayer where you're essentially in a, a location in a level and there's other assassins but they are all trying to blend in and then you have to chase each other and like it's this game of cat and mouse kind of thing but it would be more um there'd be more ways like it would be true to the hitman style where it's like you said you could become a bartender brick somebody or you can actually try and stealth and never be found yeah but still kill people like it would almost be like so did you ever hear about the assassin games that happen on campus on like school campuses like asu and stuff yeah where like you join like the game and then you're given a target and people will do and a things nerf like gun or whatever or like a ner- or just you have to figure out a way essentially like it's almost like tag but you can do it in a lot of different ways like people will do things like they'll put honey on someone's door and when the person grabs the door you're poison. they're poisoned and they die and yeah. stuff like that. it's pretty interesting there was a guy who was playing in one of my classes and he showed me a picture of his target he's like have you seen this person anywhere you have any idea where this person is? And I was like, I've never seen that person in my life. He's like, shit, that's my target. And then he like formed a Facebook group with other people. Help me hunt this motherfucker. Yeah, and there's like 70,000 students on campus. So trying to comb through all of them and find them, he's like, all I know is that they're in the, they're, they're studying biology. So they're somewhere in the life sciences building, most likely. It'd be a fun game to join in on, I think. Yeah. Uh, the PC issue, uh, or the PC release of Batman arkham knight apparently it's a fucking, fucking sucks apparently yeah. well the game already sucked and then they didn't optimize it at all it's well <laughs> i i heard that the game is actually really good and it no, looks it's a batman game, which means no not true not true batman. not since the advent of rocksteady batman sucks did you play batman arkham asylum Don't or batman arkham know city no you do need to know because so you know it's <laughs> I've not seen bullshit them because these games are just fucking my great type of game it's uh, all the same you don't like batman though well, i don't like batman but even watching it like the combat doesn't look fun to play it is fun in my know. opinion but it's you don't like batman it's 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 fun because if you like batman it you just feels to see batman being a shit up and it feels like you're like controlling batman exactly the way he would be and everything it's those games are so phenomenal i love them imagine if there was like a that style of game like what if rocksteady did an iron man game where yeah, you would just wait play to as see because it could be shitty too yeah, like if yeah. it's literally just stick movements and pressing one button then i, I don't really care you know yeah well, the way that they do it is like it's stick movements and pressing the button, but the way that you angle it lets Batman do different combos. Well, I and know, but it, across in the, the end, that's that's basically just Monster Hunter, where you have like three attacks, and it's like do what you will with this, yeah. have fun. It's like I only take that for so long before it becomes a non issue. Well, there was such a massive diversity in moves, though, because like you would have your basic attacks where you like punch someone, but then your like knockout moves stuff become incredibly diverse. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. So like you'd be fighting, you'd be fighting two dudes, and he would like 
he would like punch both of them in the head and then slam their heads together but then you're fighting three guys and you see him like elbow one guy kick the other one and then grab one dude and throw him into the other guy <laughs> so he you're at the, and like you can like fight four dudes at once where you're just like batmaning them all the day but that's basically just assassin's creed i mean yeah at which point but better wow. they did the combat better Assassin's Creed combat gets really janky when you're trying to well, fight. Janky like, and stupid. It's just like, let me duel you all. These other people stand around and are like, to oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, why don't they, instead of all attacking at once? Yeah, get in line, motherfuckers. Yeah. Let's do this like gentlemen. <laughs> but apparently the PC, the PC release is just fucking chaos. And they outsourced it to a third party, apparently. So it was... Guess what's never a good idea? Outsourcing Unless to a third party. Unless you're outsourcing to Platinum. Yeah. Then nothing is... But the Platinum would have turned it into a character action game. <laughs> but, the, but what's wrong with that? I mean, would you want a fucking Batman revengeance? Oh like... my god, dude. I can imagine. <laughs> He's like flipping through the air with like rocket boots <laughs> and stuff. He just like fucking kicks the dude on the ground, turns his boots on with the dude's face under his heel. It's like... like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so they so they apparently they outsourced it to a third party to port it to the PC, and, they did and a that third party did a shit job. And it has forty five hundred negative reviews on Steam to the point where it has disappeared from the front page of Steam. Like it's just slug. Yeah, it it's came sunk out like into, two days ago. And it's, it's sunken into the black recesses well, of the. It Nether might region. as well be fucking early access for how well it was running. Yeah. So. So a lot of people are pissed about that. I'm sure Rocksteady will fix it. That's the only well, they thing. They said they're coming out with a patch, but you cannot do that. I don't understand why these companies think like, oh, and it's not, you can't tell me that you didn't see that in fucking testing. Because yeah. you either tested it, saw it, and didn't care, or you didn't test it. Which means, what the fuck about all the other problems that are going to show up? Like, are each of their test machines like, we slide Titan Black GTX, you know? Yeah. Like, so it, this is the target PC. It's like, well, what about us lowly like 770 users? You know. <laughs> well, they that that's the the it's the catch twenty two of PC gaming, right? When a game works on the PC, it is godly it's and it will be better. better than any game that you could ever play on a console. But any game that is primarily developed for consoles will suck shit on the PC for at least like two weeks Before after it's released. So it's like. By being a PC gamer, like I don't have an Xbox One now, I don't have a PS4 now, I sold my 360. I can't play Arkham Knight until I can afford to play Arkham Knight, which will be a while anyways, but I can't play Arkham Knight and for at least two weeks now, because even though it's come out and it looks super great and I'm excited to play it, because I'm a PC gamer, I can't play it because it's fucked. And But when I can play it, it will be, it will be amazing. That's why Master Race. PC master race, not yeah. fucking console peasants, as they say. But, but you know, a king, you know, being the king comes with. Its, I'm fine, comes with but its being the downfalls. king just requires a little bit of patience, and you get so much more reward than a, a hungry day one DLC pissing console peasant. So. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, fuck console peasants. That's yeah. suck up for this week. I'm Steve. I'm Addison. Sack up, nerds. Sack lunch. Sack nerds. lunch, nerds. <laughs>